Welcome to Trust the Motherfucking Man. It's a podcast. People love music. I hope you love it. Hello, I'm Colin Campbell, and this is the show for musicians and music fans who want to understand the mindset, the methods, the madness, the mayhem, and the money behind world-class music. I'm so fucking amped up to be here with you right now because um, this is the first episode since the last one, which was the sixth, which was on September 29th, and it is now that uh, 2022, and it is now july 25th of 2023 and this episode i want to share some insights into uh alcoholism drug addiction substance misuse and artists so substance misuse and artists and the reason why i want to talk about this is because 2022 i had reached the all-time low in terms of um substance use speed and alcohol. I love that combination, man. You you get fucking lit and then aware and so you can drink more. Um cocaine seems to be like the thing that just it, it's like an accelerant to do more of the cocaine, but speed is the thing that's just you're buying alertness. And man, I love drugs and alcohol. Like, I love the way that they make me feel. I love the taking a thing and feeling a thing. Even right now, I'm, I'm stimulants. Like, I got this coffee. I'm drinking this coffee. I love it. I love the feeling of, oh, I'm, a, I'm alert right now. And so I'm, it's really good to be back. And I'm committed to, you know, like any skill set, Sometimes you suck at the beginning, and I can't really tell if these episodes or Trust the Band fucking sucks right now. And I don't really care because I love musicians and I love people who love music. And it's always fascinated me the artistic process and doing that, pursuing that as a as a profession. Like what? You could pursue art as a real profession and do entertainment as a like a job? You could do that? What? I can't do that. I'm a piece of shit. And Ever, and then you realize, like, most artists feel that way. <laughs> so the, the substance misuse, I, I wanted to have this episode as episode number seven and as a, a re-up, like a recommitment that no matter how shitty this episode is, I'm recommitted to doing this podcast and publishing a couple of episodes that I had um, published or, or rather recorded previously but just didn't have the guts to publish them i interviewed uh this awesome band called john hubcap and i recently interviewed this amazing artist called dirty eddie a synth player so i'm going to publish those episodes and then get back in the game of interviewing people and and producing material that supports musicians and music fans um in this though i want to talk about you know why do we use illicit substances to get into altered states of mind and that really is the question why um i don't know how to think or feel for anyone else but i know that i'm going to share a little bit about my own story with you um i started drinking when i was 15 i was at this kid's house and i had a he had vodka and we mixed screwdrivers. We had screwdrivers. And the first drink was literally 
the most amazing experience. It was a spiritual experience. I had, I, I was me, and then I didn't have to be me. That's looking back. That's how it felt. But at the time, I wouldn't have a language for that. All I felt was just good. Man, all my fears just drifted away, and I feel happy and goofy and fun, and I want to do this all the time. And um, I blacked. I drank as much as I possibly could. Blacked out. I don't know if I puked. I don't remember after that. I just remember that first feeling, and that really stimulated from from fifteen on to. 33, um, I had been using substances, weed, alcohol, cocaine, speed as, um, ecstasy. Oh my God, that shit is fucking awesome. I love drugs. Like they're so much fun, but the, the shitty part about them is they don't last forever, you know? And that at some point, the conundrum is that I always arrived back at a present moment where I'm aware of myself again, and I just felt bad. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know if there was a lot of alcohol involved. I didn't know what happened. And, that's, and then anxiety and fear creep in, which, fuck all that shit, let's drink again <laughs> to avoid that fear. And you just, I just kicked the rock down the street and... At some point, you're always here again. So it's either off myself, overdose, or confront the underlying issue. And for years, years and years, I thought that the absence of alcohol was the solution. So I would go on these... I had this pattern where I would feel especially ashamed. I would do something really stupid and then feel especially guilty and ashamed and and anxious. And then I would say, okay, motherfucker, you like in, in, in a masochistic way, you got to get into a healthy regime. You got to start doing yoga. You got to start doing workouts. You have to start you know, really focusing in and getting on a schedule and getting it regimented. And it would be a form of flogging and beating myself up for bad behavior. But it's almost went to the other side. And what would happen inevitably is I would drink again and use drugs again. And at some point, this had gone on for so long, probably, I don't know, from however long, 20s to 32, 33, um, it would undulate back and forth. So I was never actually really sober. It was more that I, it was just the absence of alcohol. And I had replaced alcohol with a, another extreme regiment that was never enough. But the underlying kind of feeling is I'm not good enough. I need to be someone or something else. I need to get this. I need to bang this chick. I need to take this substance i need to do this workout regime i need to read x number of books make x number of money and then i'll be okay and if you are at all conscious right now you probably have a similar pattern not maybe of drug use but a similar pattern of if i get x then i'll be okay and um so i had gone and i thought that i was solving my when I would go on these 
workout regimes, um, I thought that I was solving the, the absence of alcohol meant that I was sober. And then when I would drink again, it was fucking baffling. I didn't know how, like, man, here I am again, and I love this substance, but then I arrive, like I said, in the present moment and have this moment of realization, like, this isn't working. So my uh, I had a family member who came to my house for Christmas, and we... And I got just shit-faced for, like, five days in a row, four days in a row, like, really drunk. <laughs> and um, Christmas Day, I woke up, and I was so hungover, and I pledged to not drink. And at some point in the mid-afternoon, as I woke up at 12, at some point, I was like, well... I had like 30% of a 40 of vodka in my freezer. And I said, you know, a, a, a Caesar, like a Bloody Mary, is basically food. <laughs> so I drank this, this Caesar. And then that feeling of, oh, shit, I'm not hungover anymore. In fact, I feel kind of like another one. And God damn it. I drank another one. I drank one more and fucking just got completely blasted. But you know, what happened was my mind didn't go away. There I am at the end of the night, 12 a.m., one eye open because I had double vision. I'm watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I can hardly hear the audio because my brains are so fuzzy, but my mind is still there and the anxiety is still there. And I woke, I w passed out, thank God I passed out, and I woke up at four in the morning, hungover, just still blasted, but more hungover on the hungover side, and I sat up in my kitchen and tried to write, and I couldn't think, and I, I reached a level of desperation, my best friend, alcohol, a best friend for so long, a companion that has been there in, in so many good and bad times had lost its effect. I couldn't get the effect that I, I wanted. I want to be able to control the universe, man. I want to be able to just turn on my fucking good feelings when I want and the bad feelings when I want. I want absolute control of my internal state. The reality is that's not how it works. And I, I wish I tried alchemy. Like, it wasn't working. So... That's the bottom of that arc. And it was just a level of helplessness and desolation and desperation that, and sadness and, and fear that I realized I can't keep doing that thing anymore and expecting to be okay. So my, my family member left. I committed to stay sober over, um, we had a gig. I had a gig with Phil Grew with, uh, we play in a DJ set called Mad Method with two D's and um, it's not even a real thing. We just like, it, we booked ourselves as mad method. It's there's nothing online about it, but um, we went to this gig. I stayed sober for new years. It was kind of awkward. And I felt like, you know, a deer that had just been born, like kind of wobbling around trying to socially wobbling around on my bad footing. And uh, new year's day, I got home after the gig and 
I woke up and just I was so afraid because I was alone again. And I went to an online meeting of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was the first uh, experience with that. And then uh, probably a week later, I went to this place called Golden Slippers, um, which is an AA meeting in Montreal. And walked into the room, and there was, it was a friendly group of people, and I've been in AA since. Now, since I am a performer and I like attention, like you may like attention if you're a performing artist, um, I am very reluctant to try to get on a high horse here and preach about the benefits of this program. Uh, because of selfish reasons, I really want to remain sober and I don't want to have this new level of ego where I have, um, I try to position myself as some sort of expert on fucking sobriety. That is not my intention in doing this. So I feel reluctant to talk about, um, like, especially from the voice of like, here's what you should do, my friend. Uh, all I can say is that, you know, I, I will say this, that the thing, the, the underlying issue of, that I was attempting to solve through drugs and alcohol, it was spiritual in nature. And all of the programs that I had attempted to do on my own through sheer will and isolation and like grit um, hadn't worked. And going to AA, the steps, you know, step one, I admitted to myself or, that I'm helpless over alcohol, that as soon as alcohol, as soon as I drink alcohol, I'm basically, it, it inspires another one. I make this joke that the best part about the first drink is the 12th one, right? And, and if that's true for you, you may be an alcoholic. If, if you feel like it's impossible, to, like when someone says, let's go for a drink and you hear that A, like go for a drink and you kind of laugh because you're like, yeah, a drink. Let's, how about we go out until five? Like every time I drink, that's what's ha that's what happens. So I had to kind of admit to myself that's the condition with drugs and alcohol. As soon as I take them, I fucking want more, and I engage in it. There's no like self control there. So the best thing to do is just not have the first drink, and that was a big distinction, right? Um, oh, it's the first drink that's the problem, and the things that lead up to the first drink is spiritual in nature, in mind and emotion, and body, it, and that is an interesting distinction. That's an interesting thing. Like, oh, the problem that I'm experiencing doesn't have to do with the alcohol itself. It has to do with, God damn it, me. Fuck. Why do I have to address these things? So going to AA and, and hearing that, okay, so step one, I'm an alcoholic. Step two, uh, I forget it. <laughs> I forget the step two. I forget the step two. Came to believe that a higher, a higher power could restore us to sanity. I think that's it. See, that was the other thing, too, is like, man, these AA people's, people, it's a fucking cult. They all talk about Jesus and God. Fuck that, dude. I don't want to talk about God. That that's, sounds like some child molester shit. <laughs> I associate it with, like, you know, the priest touching the kid. And it sounds lame. I don't want to talk about that. And the cool thing was that you know, the gift of desperation. I was so fucking desperate that, man, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try it. Like, what is it? Just the tip of God? I got to do the just the tip version of God. Here, 
believe. I hate beliefs, dude. And I hate 12-step programs. I hate fucking groups of people that have, like, symbols and steps. <laughs> dude, it's so funny that I actually engage in AA because I'm so resistant to any group that has a, a thing where they repeat words together and they say prayers. I fucking hate that shit. And I hate that part of AA, but I love the... But I also hate push-ups. You know, I don't like doing push-ups because they're hard. It's like, I don't like the repeating things in groups of people because it's weird. And, uh, but, you know, I like the uh, the byproduct. I like being stronger. So the, the reality is it's a program with utility value. Can you be happy and content with um, without alcohol? And the answer is yes. And the answer is yes. So I just do the fucking shit they tell me to do. And it has worked for me. Maybe not work for anyone else. Some people can just... My friend Pascal, he's got this huge scar on his arm. Is it his arm? Yeah. Um, because he like was such a severe alcoholic that he passed out in front of this fucking fire and burnt his arm. And that's all it took. Well, I don't think that's all it took, but he, at some point, has just been sober for years now without any program. No program, no community, no sponsorship, blah, 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 blah. And, hey, if it works, it works. Like, I'm not here to um, tell people what to do. But that was the, the thing is I had this resistance to the God thing. So I definitely knew I was an alcoholic. But then it was like I came to believe that a power greater than me could restore me to sanity. Fuck that, dude. I, I don't know. Is that like, I'm not about that. But what I have learned is that a power greater than me isn't someone else's conception of God. It, it's my conception of a power greater than me. So I can define that however I want. And how I started defining it at first was gravity. Like, I can't control gravity. The, the sun, is, we're orbiting around the sun, and I can't control that. I can't control the tides. It's connected to our moon. The moon orbits around the fucking earth. The tides go in and out. There's this process that we're all engaging in. Don't even know it. Do nothing to earn it. Just, we exist. And all of that shit is out of my control. So, like... If if that's true, if I can't control the orbit around the sun or the tides or gravity, that can be a power greater than me. I can I can pray on that. I can I can look to gravity and say, "Hey, gravity, I'm having a really tough time emotionally right now. Could I just like lean into your stability? Could I lean into that power? Because the the reality is, alcohol is a power greater than me. I can." And I, and I prayed to that shit. I fucking looked to that and, and felt like it could give me a power I didn't have. It could remove my anxiety and fear so I could be okay. Colin's better. The, my, my delusion is that Colin's better when he's fucked up on drugs because... And then, you know... Another thing is, like, I got some feedback that I actually get really weird when I drink. And I, like, walk up to random people. And I knew this, but I walk up to random people and I try to, like, socialize and I kind of creep them out. And having, and my friend was kind of imitating what I did. And it made me 
just puke in my mouth. Like, uh, I don't want to be that guy. We've all met that guy. Like, I always looked at other drunk fucking moron people and thought, man, at least I'm not that bad. But, like, that's like being the smallest dwarf or the tallest dwarf. Like, no offense to dwarfs, but you're kind of comparing. Like, it's a really bad comparison. Um, so the power greater than myself, if I can find a power greater than myself and ask that for guidance and speak to that thing and it can be gravity it can be the sun it can be a group of people in a room that also share my same condition um then maybe i could be okay maybe i could restore myself to sanity i think that's the extent of what i'm going to talk about it's it's step one and step two in that program and by the way trust the band podcast isn't going to turn into a fucking sobriety podcast it's not about sobriety i'm telling you all of this because it inhibited my progress all of the and it if it's inhibiting your pro, pro progress and you're suicidal and you're fucking depressed off your ass and you're using substances to try to cope and you're an inspiring musician and or a professional musician who's developing a real problem and these factors lead into, you know, really shitty behavior, then you may want to get help and you might want to go somewhere um, to do that. And you might, I hope that just like Joe Polish talking about his experience, I hope that if the, I'm sharing something with you that you might feel like, oh yeah, I feel that as well. And yeah, I do that. And hopefully it helps you. Uh, that it was an edit, but anyway, big ass titties. What else? At a macro level, like at a higher level, drugs and alcohol are glorified in society in general, but also connected to the arts. And I think it's because when you're a performance artist, um, you are, there's this dynamic that I have felt where I am holding an ornament outward and trying to make that ornament the me I would wish to be. Like, I would like other people to think me uh, of me as this person, this zany, crazy, fun, sexy, happy guy. And um, where the real self might feel different. And I'd like to try on some other intellectual, mental, emotional, physical socks where I get to act like something else. So performance arts especially there's that mind fuck that goes on where you are behaving in a, a manner that isn't connected with your personal self. And that's the art. And it's like, uh, and that goes deeper than, you know, there's so many avenues that we could talk about or share in regard to the personal self, uh, drug addiction, alcoholism and art and the performance self I don't know really where to go with that. Um, and I think I'm not going to go very deep on that right now because I don't really have clarity and I don't want to waste your time. Yet they're certainly connected. There's something about getting outside. You know, so on a personal level, you have yourself. I have myself. And if I'm not okay with that, I want to escape that. 
and I do that with drugs and alcohol. And then when I escape that, I can give power to that escape and put that into music. Now that I'm drunk, I can finally perform. Where the performance and the fear associated with exposing something that is true or that you love and putting that on the chopping block of potential criticism um, can be the, the mechanism. It can be the thing that provides you that sense of fulfillment you're searching for with the substance. And while um, not having the horrible byproducts of your physical health, of like the, the relationships that I destroyed um, while using substances of like, it's, it's all pretty well positive other than just the horrible feeling of fucking fear that uh, I can feel before a performance or taking it to the next level and progressing through, through art. So they're definitely related. I mean, it is an effective tool for a long, it was an effective tool for a very long time to escape the personal self and do shit that I wouldn't ordinarily do if it wasn't for the substance. It's just that it's such a fucking random roll of the dice, whether that's going to be a good experience or a, uh, a negative one. And for all of those things, I didn't really feel like I was actually there. It wasn't, I wasn't conscious. <laughs> so no matter if it was like a positive experience or a negative experience, it, it was like, they're void of any real spiritual depth because um, there was that buffer of of aware of awareness. Where now, um, in terms of like I've been going to these open mics, I'm going to transition and go into what's going on right now in in Montreal, the music scene. We've got um, I've been going to hardcore um, pretty well every week, like an average of three to five uh, open mics, and am starting to host an open mic, uh, repla- not replace, but uh, sit in for one of the hosts. Uh, Leah Keeley is this huge, huge, <laughs> my aggrandizing language, my hype language. Leah Keeley is a consistent member in the community, in the open mic community, and a, an amazing singer and performer. She's playing at Oshiaga this year. She um, had to... I forget the artist that she's playing with, but she was just in a rehearsal yesterday. And anyway, she does this Saturday open mic at this cafe called Tuyo, T-U-Y-O. And her Saturdays have been booked up, so I am uh, sitting in for her and hosting the open mic. And it's a very rewarding experience meeting all these people. Um, and sorry, I'm, I, I got to go back to the reason why I brought this up is these open mics, sometimes I feel just terrified, just terrified going up on stage. And I love that because um, I'm alive. You know, that there's that feeling of being there. With with alcohol, it was like I could do the thing, but I wasn't there. You exchange the moment for the the... It's such a weird mind fuck that like, you know, I'd use the sub, I'd feel fear leading up to the stage. I'd get drunk and not feel the fear. Now I'm confident or the, I get to buy momentary courage and I'm not fearful, but 
fast forward a day from now and I'm looking back and it, it wasn't, I didn't really get the, I didn't really earn the token. I didn't get the gem of insight. I didn't get the reward for the experience. So it's almost like being fucking dead or like, you know, being in a, in a weird sort of in between what's it called? Purgatory. Uh, for me at least. And now these open mics have become a, in a way, a spiritual mod modality. I get to feel the, the fear and go up on stage and do the performance and then get the insight from it while building a community and all, all sorts of things. So to bring this full circle, to come back to uh, where I started, it, you know, I, I hope that this, I shared something that was helpful for you if you're struggling with an addiction. Go to an AA meeting. You know, you can look up aa.org. Um, you can also go to geniusrecovery.com. That's Joe Polish. Uh, I love that guy. And he's got all sorts of great resources. They do an awesome newsletter there as well. Uh, Recovery by Russell Brand is a good book to read. Uh, the Big Book by Alcoholics Anonymous is a good book to read. Go get the support and deal with that stuff if, if it's your time. And you'll know if it's your time. And um, it, only you can create that that change and it comes down to for me at least it was uh admitting to myself that as soon as i take that first drink that it's it's on and there's no stop so um and if it's i'm gonna stop there i'm not gonna push any anymore but those are some resources that you can utilize to to get well and um on the other side i want to bring this full circle to trust the band you know, this was, so it's July 25th. The last one was September 29th of 2022. It's 2023 now. Um, I've been going to these open mics. I've been seeing all of these performers. I feel this emotional connection to the music community as a whole and, and attempting to utilize my skills in, in marketing, in advertising, in, in business um, and bridge the gap for musicians to uh, get better gigs and perform better. There's so much cool shit that we can talk about and create within this podcast. Um, and I happen to have this modal or this uh, tool in these open mics to connect with a lot of musicians. I ch chat with all of these interesting people. And the more that I network, the more opportunities that I create, the cooler the musicians become and the more professional. And it's just gravitating toward um, a, a higher level of artistic pursuit and professionalism in the artistic world. So that is that. Trustthebandcom if you want to learn more. What is the call to action here? I think the call to action is like, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> This isn't a call to action at all. In summary, I'm really excited to start this podcast again and be prepared for more episodes coming out. If you have a topic, um, it's Trust the Band Official on Instagram and trusttheband.com to stay connected. You know what's interesting is as I'm speaking all this, I feel like, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing and fuck, where should I like, is there, do I need a contact form or what do I do? That shit's going to work out, dude. It's going to work out. You just start and then you get better. I'm looking forward. What I really want to do next is like um, have a producer so that I'm not pressing the buttons on these uh, digital workstation. Like I'm using Logic right now. I'm speaking into Logic. 
and I fucking hate pressing these buttons and uploading shit and posting the the description. So I'm looking for a producer who can um, basically I want to sit down in my apartment and at some point it'll be like a fucking awesome studio, but I'm sit sit down in my apartment and just talk like literally you know I sat what do you do I sit on a couch and I talk to people and then the podcast all of the buttons are pressing and they are going up to the interwebs and being shared without any of my fingers touching the buttons I I want none of that (laughs) oh god I can't wait until that is true bro bro it's just gonna be because the quality of the conversations is gonna be so much better if I'm only in the capacity of um uh of marketing and interacting with the uh people so anyway get help fucking start your stuff and move forward and keep progressing you know success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal and music is a worthy ideal that's a quote from earl nightingale's the strangest secret 1956 first spoken word recording to achieve gold status motherfucker i can't wait for you to keep on progressing and watching you grow i love you i appreciate you can't wait for the next episode my name is colin campbell and this is the show for musicians and music fans alike who want to understand the minds the methods the madness and the mayhem and the money towards uh you know the the world-class music If you got something from this episode, share it. Send it in a fucking homing pigeon's butt. Send it in a, you know, share it. Text it. Put it on social. Hope you're having a tremendous day. And take care for now. Bye-bye.